Alright, if you'll turn with me to Galatians 5, 22 and 23. We are close to finishing up on the fruit of the Spirit. Tonight we'll be discussing faithfulness. So let's... Um, I'm going to open up with, uh, with this verse, or these two verses, and then we're going to pray. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace... Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Let's pray. God, my Father, I thank You, Lord, so much for this night. God, I pray, Lord, that You would uh, move mightily, Father, during this message. God, that it would be uh, directly from You, Father. God, remove me out of the way. God, that uh, God just use me as an instrument to get Your Word out, Father. God, your, your word is truth. God, I pray, Lord, that you will sanctify us with your truth. It's all in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, a child exhibits the qualities and likeness uh, of those that the child is around, don't they? Yeah, and so uh, they do. And so Bree, pretty soon, will be a replica of this. And so... Um, this one already. You know, the, the more, that's right, the more that we get around God, though, the more that we're, we're going to look like He does. We're going to act like He does. You know, I was talking to Emily, and she was talking about how uh, yoga is practiced in India. You know, it's uh, um, really all in the, in the Far East. That's a very popular uh, practice, but it's a religious practice over there. Very much so. They empty their mind. And, um, you know, it's really, it's really a dangerous thing to think about um, because if you empty your mind, then, then it's whatever thoughts that come into your mind, um, you know, that's kind of what directs you, you know. And, but, but yet we're supposed to, to, uh, to fill our mind with God's Word. And so that, that that is what directs us, that we're not just to leave it to chance, you know, that, that when we meditate you know, that we meditate on Him, on His Word. That He's not just some kind of object that we can kind of get alone and get quiet and then whatever pops in our head that that's God and that's what He wants us to do. That He's very specific with what He wants us to do and who He is. And so, um, so here tonight we're, we're talking about faithfulness. And all of these... All of these... Um, attributes, all of these fruit of the Spirit that we're supposed to have evident in our life, they are attributes of God. And so we're to look at how He is. When we're talking about faithfulness and, and how we're supposed to be, we first need to look uh, to the source. How faithful is God? Because that is the standard. That is the standard that, that we want to meet. Will we, will we meet it? Not until, our, not until we receive a glorified body will we be as faithful as He is. But, as we're being sanctified, as we're being made holy, as we're called to be the light into the world, is that we are, we are to look to Him at His faithfulness so that we can be faithful as He is faithful. And so, so what is faithfulness? It's trustworthiness. It's dependability. It is Loyalty no matter what the cost. And God is faithful. In Exodus 34, 
as the Lord passed before Moses, the Lord proclaimed this about himself. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. That's what he says about himself. He is faithful to his word in Psalm 119, 89 and 90. It says this forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. I mean, just that his word and when and when he speaks his word, that it is going to come to it's going to come to pass. That, that we can rely on it, that it's stable, that we can bank it when he says it. Jeremiah 32, 40, I will make with them an everlasting covenant, one that doesn't end, that I will not turn away from doing good to them, his people, those children of Abraham. Not one word has failed of, excuse me, I jumped ahead and I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. You know that he's got to do that. Says I will put the fear of me in their hearts so that they won't turn away from me. Thank God that he does that for us. It's not something that we can do. It's something he has to do. Thank God that it's a, it's a spiritual thing when God turns your heart to him. You are you are dead, right? You are lost in your sins. He had to open your eyes. He didn't open your own eyes, did you? Says you. He has to open them. He has to awaken the dead heart. You're dead. You. We we watched and you know um, we watched the skit last night and 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 I love and I hate these skits all at the same time because this skit it did show how powerful God was, but but in the skit you know that it's it's kind of the status quo skit, you know it. Same, same old, same old. I said, oh, here comes the chains. And, and there came the chains. And they chained up the guy. And, you know, he's trying to fight his way through. He, he's seeing Jesus and he's trying to fight towards Jesus. And I'm like, surely not how it went. I mean, we're running to the sin. And, and, it's, and it's Jesus that has to turn us and break the chains and, and rescue us from it. You know, it's. It's not that we were running towards him or trying to get to him. It's that he came and got us. That's what he does. He gets all the glory. That's what he does. All right, so in 1 Kings 8.56, it says this, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he has promised. Not one word has failed of all his good promise. Not one word which he spoke by Moses, his servant. He is also faithful to forgive. Thank God he's faithful to forgive. Anybody in here need forgiveness? Have been forgiven? 1 John 1.9 says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness I mean, that is something to shout for tonight if you, if you are a sinner. We're all sinners. Is the, is the fact that we can confess our sins to God and He's faithful and just. So it's not about what we've done, but what He's done. He's not going to deny Himself. He's not going to deny what the Son did. 
He is, and that leads me to my next point, He is faithful to Himself. In 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, have you ever struggled in that way? In God's faithfulness, have you ever been faithless? It says this, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. There is such great comfort in that. To know that our God is that faithful, even among our unfaithfulness, that He is faithful. He would have to deny the atonement of the Son for, for you to for you to fall from His grace? Are y'all following me? He would have to deny what the Son did. He's not going to deny Himself. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. This verse says so much. Yesterday, all from times past, today, the present, and forever. As it continues. That this, this is another verse that proves that Jesus Christ is God. He doesn't change the same as God the Father does not change. That Jesus Christ is the great I Am. That Jesus says that before Abraham was I Am. In Psalm 89.33 But I will not remove from Him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I'm not going to be false to my faithfulness, God says. Numbers 23.19 God is not man that He should lie or a son of man that He should change His mind. Has He said and will He not do it? Or has He spoken and will He not fulfill it? He's not, he's not like man. So here we see that contrast, right? So what God is is faithful. And it's saying, he's not like man, so man is what? Unfaithful. Malachi 3.6 says, For I the Lord do not change. Therefore, O children of Jacob, you are not consumed. You know, how many times have y'all read in the Scriptures where Israel turned their back? Y'all know the cycle? That God would save them miraculously? And that they would worship. And then maybe not even a generation later, they're back to worshiping false gods. But yet, because of the promise of God, because He doesn't change. He didn't Think about what the wording is right there. He says, I don't consume you. The power of God. The sovereignty of God. The wrath of God. He, he could, He would have every right to, every reason to, that He could just consume them. Right? Split the grounds, open up the earth, and they would just fall in, and we'd all deserve that. Right now, if it happened right now, we would really deserve it, wouldn't we? Proverbs 12.22 says this, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are His delight. So did you catch that? If we act faithfully, we're His delight. That's what 
That's what the Lord God craves. That's what He wants from you and I. He wants a people that act faithful. So how do we do that when our nature is, is to be unfaithful? When the human nature is to be unfaithful? What are these scriptures, all these scriptures that I read, I know I kind of flew through them. I hope that you got them. I, I know that y'all probably couldn't turn to them fast enough. But for sake of time, I wanted to, I wanted to read them off to you. But, but as you are listening, what do these scriptures tell us about our God? About the faithfulness of our God? We can trust Him. That His Word, that He is good, we can trust His Word. We, we see that He does not change. We see that He made a covenant with Himself. He makes a promise with Himself. And that He will not deny Himself. We know that the Father will not deny the Son, and the Son will not deny the Father, and the Holy Spirit will not deny either the Father, the Son, and likewise with the Father and the Son with the Holy Spirit. For the, God, for the triune God will not deny Himself. We know that the faithfulness, or we know that faithfulness is good, and therefore the opposite must be evil. And we can also see that mankind, just in these verses, has acted unfaithful. And despite that unfaithfulness, that God's character remained the same. Faithful. He, he wants us to be assured in Him, not in ourselves. He wants us to be assured in the sacrifice of Christ, not in ourselves. He wants us to trust Him and not what we've done. He wants that. That gives Him glory and it gives Him worship when we trust Him at His Word. That He won't let one of us be snatched from the Father's hand. In Hosea 2.20 it says, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. You know the story of Hosea. Hosea is told to go and marry a woman of the streets. Told to go marry this woman that would be unfaithful to him. To show him the picture of God and His church, His people. That, that despite how His people have treated Him, that God remained faithful. But I want you to know something. That though our faithfulness is incomplete, much like Peter's, right? Peter, right there with Jesus. And then what does he do the night? The night of the betrayal. The night that Judas betrays him. You know, Peter says, I would never deny you. And what does he do? He denies him three times. Three times. But yet, what, is, what do we see later in Scripture? What do we see later after, after the resurrection of Christ? As Christ goes to Peter. Do you love me, Peter? Asking three times. He restores Peter. And Peter would give his, the rest of his life to Christ. See, our, our faithfulness may not be complete, but, but we're being made complete. Our faithfulness should grow in Christ. It should grow. It should look more and more like Christ as, as time goes on in our lives. But do not get this wrong. Unfaithfulness makes God sick. 
It makes him sick when we're unfaithful. In Deuteronomy 32.20 it says, I will hide my face from from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faithfulness. You see, God hates unfaithfulness. And He hates a lukewarm faith. So He will make sure that His children are formed into His image. That's what He's making sure in you and I. He's going to do the things that, that need to happen so that we become more faithful as time goes on. Is that we will be as, as children of God, as sons and daughters, guess what we'll be? Y'all know this. We talk about it a lot. You'll be disciplined, won't you? That, that is one way that we know that we are, that we are in covenant with God. Is that he, that he disciplines His children. And so that we're made to look more and more like He is. How are we transformed to His image? In Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4. Listen to this. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. This is how it works. It's, no, it's not rocket science, right? It is very spiritual. But what God does as you get into His Word, as you're being discipled, as you're in prayer, as you're in devotion, what is written in His Word and being, and, and being read into your heart, it's being, it's being scribed onto your hearts. It becomes part of us. And it is a very spiritual thing. Whether we realize it or not, when we spend time alone with God, when we come to the house of God and we spend time you know, sitting under preaching, is that there is a move of the Spirit. I say come ready for that. Your heart needs to be prepared when you come. Your heart needs to be prepared when you open the book, before you open the book. Pray to God that you would write this Word upon my heart that I will not sin against you. Teach me your faithfulness. Teach me your faithfulness. It will come hard times, won't they? But won't it be sad? I mean, every one of us goes through hard times, but won't it be sad if we don't even learn anything from the hard times that He's got this test and He's got this trial so that we might become more faithful believers, more faithful sons and daughters. And then we waste the opportunity to become more faithful because all we have time to do is say, woe is me. Instead of seeing it for what it truly is, we say, woe is me. And we miss, the, we miss what He intended it to be. He intended it to grow your faith. He intended you to be, He, he intended that process for you at the end of it to look more like Jesus Christ. But we were caught napping, weren't we? We were caught napping. And as a result, what did the world see? What did the world see when that test came? Did they see Christ in you? Or did they see your old flesh come out? We must be transformed. It has to be written on our heart. The more that we trust in God's faithfulness, I truly believe this, 
the more we'll be able to be faithful in the things that God has called us to and the relationships that we have. You listen? The more that you see the faithfulness of God, the more that you realize how faithful and how much you can trust Him, the more you believe that, the more faithful you'll become. I truly believe that. I think about in Genesis the story of Joseph. And after all that happened, y'all know the story of Joseph. I mean sold into slavery by his own brothers. And after all those years and all that Joseph had been through, going to prison for something he did not do. And then God elevates him. And as as his brothers stand before him in fear, because now they know that the man that he holds, that Joseph now holds their future in his hands, he can do whatever he wants with them. In that encounter in Genesis 45, 4-8, Joseph says twice to his brothers, you sold me into slavery. But you know what he says three times in that same section? But God delivered me to Egypt. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. So in all that, even in the bad that that Joseph was able to see that God was in control. And if he was in prison, God is sovereign. If he is sick, that God is sovereign. That no matter what comes his way, that he can trust his God. And because of God's faithfulness and and Joseph's belief in his faithfulness, I believe that Joseph is able to be more faithful as a result. He believes his God is faithful. Psalm 91.4 It says, His faithfulness is a shield. And when he's talking about a shield there, this shield is as large as a person. And then it says, it follows that up, that says that his, his uh, faithfulness is a shield, talking about God's faithfulness, and a buckler. Well, I didn't really know what that was, but it is a mound of earth around a fortress. Listen, God's faithfulness to us, we we can believe this, that we are most assuredly safe when we are in the Father's will. We are immortal until our work for Him is done. You believe that? That if if you are in God's will, you are in His hands, and your life will not be sniffed out not one moment too soon. Do you believe that? He is faithful. He is sovereign. Do you believe in His power? Are we faithful to God? That's a tough question. I, I want you to ask yourself these things. And, and I would say that all of our faithfulness is incomplete tonight. But are you growing in these things? Can you look at your life and you see growth in these areas? Are you faithful in worship of God? The time that you spend for Him. The heart that you have for Him. Are you faithful in attendance? Are you faithful in attendance to your church? Are you faithful in holiness? Are you faithful in fighting your sin and living a life for Christ? Are you faithful in devotion? Spending time with Him alone. 
and His Word speaking to Him? Are you faithful in prayer? Are you faithful to the body? Not just in attendance, but are you faithful to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Are you faithful in giving? You know, Tony's been preaching about that. Are we faithful in our giving? Are you reliable? Because listen, church, if you prove to be unreliable and not trustworthy, then you are, you are crippling the witness that you claim for Christ. You are crippling the witness to those around you. If people do not see you as reliable, if people do not see you as trustworthy, theologian uh, Barnes on faithfulness, this is what he said. The Christian is faithful as a man, faithful as a neighbor, a friend, a father, a husband, a son, and likewise the woman. He is faithful to his contracts. He is faithful to his promises. No man can be a Christian who is not thus faithful. In all pretensions to being under the influences of the Spirit, when such fidelity does not exist, are deceitful and vain. Just as Brother Tony had explained how giving is the natural overflow of the Christian, the same, I believe, can be said of these other attributes of God's character. Faithfulness being one of them. It should be, faithfulness should be an overflow from our hearts and out into the world. People ought to see our faithfulness. You know, as giving should be, as love should be, as patience should be. But, but it's not going to show if we aren't spending time writing the faithfulness, allowing God through His Word to write the faithfulness on our heart. You're not going to see yourself grow in faithfulness if, if, his, if his word is not inscribed on your heart. Adam Clark says this about faith. Faith here, the faithfulness used in Galatians 5, is used for fidelity, punctuality, and performing promises. You ever promise something and then you aren't able to fulfill that promise? That can, have, that can have a profound effect on the relationship, can it? You promise someone something and you don't follow through. Conscientious carefulness in preserving what is committed to our trust. That we're careful. If, if this has been placed, if this responsibility has been placed in my hands, that I'm, I have to make sure that I'm very careful with it. It doesn't mean that we won't make mistakes. But that we have to be conscientious that this is, this is mine. God has given me this task. And no matter how small or how large it might seem, that there are those that are they're expecting me to get this done. And I have to be conscious of that. From, from the things that we do at work, to the things we do at church, to the things, our responsibilities at home, they all can have impact. Negative or positive by the way that we approach those things and the way that we, and the faithfulness to which we carry them out or the unfaithfulness that we that we neglect them. They're committed to our trust and restoring it to its proper owner and transacting the business confided to us, neither betraying the secret of our friend, 
nor disappointing the confidence of our employer. We've all done this, haven't we? We've betrayed trust. We know we're not there. I told y'all, this is the, the faithfulness that we're to, to adhere to. The standard is God, and He is completely faithful. We will fall short. We will. But are we striving for that type of faithfulness in our life? For people to see that in our life? That's what we're called to. I want you to go with me to Matthew 25. I'm going to read through the parable of the talents. Matthew 25, starting in verse 14. Matthew 25, verses 14 says this, For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them his property. For the man on the journey is God and we are those that are entrusted to his property here. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He he who had received the talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me Five talents. Here I've made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Don't you want to hear those words one day? You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the, into the joy of your master. And he also, who had two talents, came forward saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I've made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also went and received the one talent and came forward and saying, Master, I knew you would be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid. When I went, I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scatter no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming. I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to, to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, who has will more be given. And he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into outer darkness in that place where there be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For that servant was no servant at all. He was a hypocrite. He was a goat. But sheep, listen to me, sheep, the sheep of Israel, God's call for you is to use your time and your abilities. God's call for you is not to waste any more time. His call, his call is for faithfulness from you. Faithful to His mission that He's placed on you. This is His command for us. 
And so that, that is what He expects His people to do. And when He returns, He expects a return. And what He has already, what's before the beginning of, of the world, that He has already, it says, predestined. And so, so that is what His expectations are from His servants. We are to be faithful in all circumstances. I think of Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. And how Daniel in the face of adversity, knowing that if he would pray, that he would end up with the lions. And yet he prays anyway. A missionary to Africa told the story of an elderly woman who was reached with the Gospel. Older lady reached with the Gospel. Though she was blind and she could neither read nor write, she wanted to share her newfound faith with others. So this elderly woman, blind and could not read or write, she went to the missionary and she asked for a copy of the Bible in French. When she got it, she asked the missionary to underline John 3.16 in red and mark the page that it was on so she could find it. The missionary wanted to see what she would do, so one day he followed her. In the afternoon, just before school let out, she made her way to the front door as the boys came out when school was dismissed. She would stop one and ask if he knew how to read French. When he said yes, she would ask him to read the verse that was marked in red. Then she would ask, do you know what this means? And then she would tell him about Christ. The missionary said that 24 of the school's boys that lady led to Christ became pastors. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Just whatever I can do, I'll find a way. I'll find a way to get the gospel out. God's faithfulness frees us to live boldly. Do you believe that? Because we are in His hands and we're in His will. It frees us in Revelation 2.10. It says, Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested. And for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death and I will give you a crown of life. The promises of God because of our faithfulness, because of His faithfulness, you can be faithful. You can live faithful. You can be bold in your faith. Thomas Chisholm was converted at 27 years old. He was a minister uh, for one year before he had to quit due to poor health. He wrote over 1,200 poems though throughout his lifetime and some of them became songs. He wrote one of them when he was 57, 30 years after his conversion. He died three years later at 60. I'm going to read it. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. And all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. 
Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. He said this, My income has not been large at any time due to impaired health in the earlier years, which has followed me on until now. Although I must not fail to record here the unfailing faithfulness of a covenant-keeping God that, and that He has given me wonderful, many wonderful displays of His providing care for which I am filled with astonishing gratefulness. In Lamentations 3.22 it says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. God, great is your faithfulness. And trust me in this. If you are His, as Paul wrote in Philippians 1.6, he says, I am sure of this, that He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. You may not be complete in your faithfulness, but you will be one day if you are His. And thank God for His faithfulness because none of us would be in here right now if it weren't for Him. Let's pray. God, my Father, God, I thank You so much for Your faithfulness. God, You were faithful to me when I have been so unfaithful to You. God, when I deserved everything but Your mercy and grace and love, but God, You showered it on me. God, You give me what I do not deserve. And God, I know that there are so many in this, in this room that, that feel the same way, that believe that same way and know that, Father that You have been faithful, God, in their unfaithfulness. But God, I pray, Lord, that the time that we have left, God, teach us to be more faithful. God, to each other, to You, Father. God, that we be a beacon of light to the world around us, Father. A world that is full of unfaithfulness, Father. It is easy to see. God, the unfaithfulness of man. But God, I pray, Lord, that you will write on our heart, Father, something that is not natural for us to do, God. Write faithfulness on our hearts tonight, Father, so that we'll be faithful in our workplace, so that we'll be faithful out into society, Father, so we'll be faithful in our homes, we'll be faithful in our relationships, Father, we'll be faithful in school. God, we love you. We thank you, we thank you so much. It's all in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen.